are back. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host with the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Just got back from CES 2019 in Las Vegas last night. I was going to try and do a show, but I fell asleep on the couch because it's crazy. So we've got a lot to talk about stuff that happened around Apple during the show and before it and kind of where they are now. But again, this show is all about you all. Call in at 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. Or you can email the show directly at applebitsshow, that's bits with a Z, at gmail.com. Also, if you don't want to hear any ads on the show, you can support this show at my Patreon patreon.com slash Brian Tong, and uh, we'll talk more about that later. But I say, let's jump into this thing, and I did kind of a little bonus episode right before I left for CES because I thought it was relevant, where Apple had finally announced that they were going to pretty much open up their platform, at least on TVs, right? The first announcement came that Samsung would get not only AirPlay 2, but an actual iTunes TV shows and movies app on its television sets for 2019. So I went to the show floor. They they had kind of a shell of it. They just had their kind of normal content media navigation, but they did have an icon on screen for iTunes movie and TV shows for Samsung. And we talked about it earlier before the show, but this is a big deal. I said, we're probably going to hear more partners announce their, that they're jumping on board with Apple. And we did, but it, it'll be a little different depending on who those manufacturers are. So after the Samsung announcement, which was huge, came out, LG, Vizio, and Sony all jumped on board and said, yes, we will also be supporting AirPlay 2 and HomeKit. But those three platforms did not say they would have an actual iTunes TV show and movies app. And you know what? That is fine because really... They may eventually get an app, whether it's Apple's TV movie streaming service, whatever that ends up becoming with their their kind of Apple flicks, as we like to call it. So that's probably going to come. But at least right now, AirPlay 2 and HomeKit support will be supported for those television sets. If you look down the list of which ones they actually are, they are it's pretty much 2019 television sets. We have LG's, all their OLED sets, including the rollable TV I know you saw that at CES. The rollable TV will be a uh, uh, AirPlay 2 and HomeKit supported. Samsung TVs from 2018 and 2019 are going to get support for AirPlay and the iTunes and TV shows and movies app. That's that's pretty cool. The other uh, manufacturers, Sony, all 2019 TVs. Vizio, 2019, 2018, and a good amount of 2017 television sets from Vizio will be supported with AirPlay. Now, we also have other brands who said, hey, uh, we're not going to jump on board just yet. TCL said they are currently committed to Roku. And in 2018, one of the best TVs by far, hands down, bang for buck, image quality, all everything, video services supported. TCL-Roku partnership has been very, very good for them. So TCL says... They're not on board. Some of the other kind of smaller manufacturers have also not officially given any, you know, any information of their status, Hisense, Panasonic, or Toshiba. But here's the thing, right? First of all, 
it is a huge shift with Apple. We saw this. They won't sell as many Apple TVs because of this, but that's okay because really if they're pushing for their services business, they have to get their streaming service on as many platforms as possible. Now, when you also think about this, though, the fact of the matter is that it's on a majority of 2019 televisions, the AirPlay support the or the iTunes TV and movie support, depending on whatever TV you get. How many of you, you're not just going to buy a TV right away just because it has AirPlay support. The reality is most of us buy TVs every five plus years, even longer than that. But I'm saying, okay, someone who's even a little more active. I, I feel like it might be even more like seven to 10, but let's just throw out the number. Every five plus years is a rough average, at least in the tech community of when someone might update their television set. So even if that's the case, you're not going to get a lot of TV sets with AirPlay 2 and iTunes support. It's just not going to happen. I don't think it's really going to make that much of a dent. But then the fact that Apple has opened up so much already, it kind of one makes you wonder, okay, well, they made their announcements with TV sets. Are they going to start working with some of the set-top boxes or the streaming dongles and things like that? Roku has roughly 27 million Roku boxes currently in use. Would they would they put Apple's streaming service on Roku boxes now? I mean, they this year at CS was the first time we've really seen them open things up and do things we wouldn't expect. But again, it makes sense from a business standpoint when it's all about their services. So Roku, 27 million plus boxes. What about over 30 million Fire TV devices? And then we also have Chromecast. So I don't think this is the end of it. If it stops just at TVs, fine, but that really won't be as effective. I think I don't Apple has never released the actual number of Apple TVs, especially and also Apple TV 4Ks they've sold. They've always kind of hit it in that others category. And now we know that Apple isn't reporting any of their sales numbers moving forward. So it's going to be interesting to see how much penetration they get for their streaming service, but they're doing the right thing, put it on TVs. I just wonder, are we going to see an app at least on some of these other streaming devices? That makes it really interesting to see how Apple has evolved. And yes, really for the first time in a long time, they have finally opened up. All right, at CES, there was another story that was kind of really the biggest story of the show before the TV partnership announcement Apple, we know, is never at CES, but they always kind of loom large because we see a lot of things where all these companies are doing different things. They're approaching tech in different ways. And sometimes in the in past years, I remember we knew that the iPad, the original iPad announcement was coming. I think it was like a few weeks after CES and all people were talking about was the iPad. They were like, oh, these companies are showing off their tablet ideas, but what's Apple going to do? So Apple has always kind of loomed in the background, even if they aren't actively participating there. I feel like that was there was a shift where that didn't happen as much. But before the show, Apple still still wanted to make their presence known where they put up this billboard or basically this they covered the side of a Spring Hill Suites Marriott Hotel that could be seen pretty much right outside of the Las Vegas Convention Center if you were taking a taxi or driving by. It was all black with white print and it said, what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. 
and then it has a white outline version of an iPhone 10s on the side. And so, yeah, Apple trying to, you know what? Apple hasn't been petty in a long time. And I thought this was kind of funny. This, to me, this is just petty. But Apple also is doing this because they're feeling the heat from other companies like Amazon and Google. If they didn't care, they wouldn't do this. And in all the, geez, 10 plus years that I have been at CES, Apple has never run a single billboard or advertisement ever that I've been there. So this was new. And the only thing that tell why they're doing this, yes, privacy matters. We've heard of, there's been so many leaks and fiascos, right? We had like Amazon's echo failures where they had like private, they were recording private conversations and sending them to different users. There was another moment where it was mistakenly sending 1,700 voice recordings from a user to another. So yeah, they've had trouble. And then we also know Google Assistant and Android, really the biggest ecosystem that's a rival to the iPhone have had their own privacy problems as well. Obviously, like tracking users' information. And the, and the fact of the matter is that when you sign up with Google, you're going to be giving up your information because Google's actual business model is about using your data for commercial gain, right? They're selling, they're selling ads while Apple is selling hardware. On the flip side, this is also the way that these companies are structured because Apple is so private about your data, which is good. I'm not saying it's bad, but let's be honest. The actual functionality of Siri is pretty dang horrible overall compared to these other competitors. And so I just found it like, hey guys, over here, what happens on your iPhone? Stays on your iPhone. Just want to let you know. I also think that when you kind of come out like this and be petty, it is a little silly to do that because sure they can say what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone, but it's actually not true. Like I don't know if you remember that. Remember that I had that whole celebrity photo leaks of like high profile women celebrities whose phones were hacked and typically they were iPhones because something as simple as like Paris Hilton's password um they used to they didn't have two factor authentication and at the time if you knew her email or anyone's email you could actually answer the questions through like the dot mac or at the time I'm not sure if it was it might have been dot mac or it might have been iCloud at the time you only had a the prompt was a security question so one of the questions was something like what's the name of your dog and she put in the name of her dog not thinking that someone would get her email and track it down i literally back then had someone do something similar to me because there was not any two-factor authentication. And someone, and thank goodness, I randomly was like, wait, I never put this entry in here. This feels weird. And I realized someone had gotten into my account back then. So don't tell me what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. Maybe it does now because of the secure enclave, but you gotta be careful when you throw out that type of stuff. And also, if you end up having a massive leak or something stupid that happens, this ends up looking completely hypocritical and just stupid. But those were kind of really the big two ways that Apple's presence was felt at CES. Clearly, it was their partnership to open up, to be on television sets, which will then lead to their streaming service eventually sometime in 2019. And then also them looming large with their billboard that you could pretty much see from anywhere outside of the CES convention center while you were driving by or hanging out in, in that kind of general open area. 
outside the convention center. We also had kind of some other, right, because Apple doesn't have a big physical presence, the other part of why Apple can loom um, in the background at the show is because they have a lot of third-party manufacturers that are making products for Apple. So some of the stuff that's worth mentioning, Mophie is launching their battery juice packs for the 10s, 10s Max, and 10R in early 2019. So they made that announcement at CES 2019. But for the most part, everything else was kind of minor announcements. We had a few HomeKit devices, NetAtmos, smart video doorbells. So we had a few doorbells get it added to the list, at least showing that they're HomeKit ready. Even though if you, again, if you go to Apple's website and you search up HomeKit devices, there's many that are just saying coming soon. So some of those were those devices. We had some lights and switches. Um, Apple certified the lightning to USB-C cables from Belkin and Griffin. And then I think the, I'm going to actually, I really want to check out the Zag iPad Pro cases, keyboard cases, because I am not happy with Apple's current one. I think it was trash, so I just returned it. But my favorite I, Apple accessory, and I put it in a, one of my videos, if you check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Brian Tong, OtterBox and PopSockets have collabed together to create an iPhone case where the pop socket is built into the case. So it's a lot lower profile and you can pull it and pop it off. You still get the benefits of holding it, of standing it to watch videos and clips. But instead of someone attaching a pop socket onto their case, this is a built in case. And I said it right when I saw it, that in my opinion, out of everything that we see at CES this year, the Otter Pop case for iPhones will be the number one selling product out of this entire show out of anything we saw at this show I could be wrong but I'm I don't know it's a case for an iPhone with a pop socket on it I think I'm gonna be right so that was really the extent of Apple's presence I think you know being at CES overall if I had to think of kind of the things that really stuck out to me and did kind of an over overview of what I liked and top things clearly the LG rollable TV isn't anywhere close to being affordable for 99.9% of us, but this is the second year I've seen it. It's improved. It's coming out for sale in 2019. They didn't announce the actual price, but the tech is intriguing because, okay, right? It's so funny. Everyone, everyone sees a new concept. They, you hear this even on the show floor. People are already like jumping to conclusions, throwing out ideas, and it's not like these companies have thought of it, but this is the first ever rollable TV it starts off in a rectangular box that has a Dolby Atmos speaker in it. And then the TV, basically this box opens up and then the TV just just goes, Aah! you can see it. You know what I mean? It moves really slow and you might have to hold that Aah! note like really, really long. But then when you think about how this tech can evolve in the future, right? There's a huge design aesthetic because yeah, you don't have a big TV hanging in your wall. Maybe you have a nice like infinity pool and view in your fancy mansion and even the advertising material was clearly geared for lug like high end multimillionaires with money to spend. But I think of like how projection screens look great, but if you had an OLED screen dropping down from your ceiling and that was rollable, that's pretty badass. They I talked to the people there and they said, Yeah, you can't it's still pretty heavy, so it's not like you can hang it from the ceiling, but as things get smaller, as tech gets better, I mean, that's kind of intriguing to think of. Would you put kind of like a box where your TV would be 
mount it on top of your ceiling and then just have this OLED screen drop down. Again, that's 10, 15, 10 years, 15 years for me to even consider that because it'll probably cost a lot. But you can see how that application is, man, maybe something like this rollable material can end up kind of replacing your blinds, your window blinds. So I just think it's fascinating when you see that stuff. That was obviously the coolest thing you saw because now it's real. It's coming out in 2019. And But you look beyond like how that tech you know, evolves. Yeah, 8K was there. Yeah, there's no 8K content, but uh, the TV... The TVs did look really impressive. I think the other biggest trend that I saw there was that was fascinating to me is that, you know, some people don't like the fact that I rip on HomeKit so much and I'm not, it's more like just make it better. You can, you have all the tools to make it better. But when you talk about Google and Alexa dominated the, sh- the show when it comes to the smart home, they absolutely dominated it. Google Assistant, Amazon Echo, both being integrated into TV sets for smart commands, which then can talk to some of your other appliances and smart home things. We're starting to get to the point now where you're going to be able to talk, you're talking through to your TVs to control these devices, which is totally different than buying like a little speaker now. Like it's starting to get centralized. You see these baby steps every year at CES where we first had the AI, you know, the voice assistant speakers. And then we started seeing a couple people like putting into different devices. And now they're all like, yeah, we have both Google Assistant and Amazon, uh, Amazon's Alexa in our TVs, and multiple companies are doing that. So it's not like you heard people say we're putting Siri in our TVs. It's not like Apple, even though they have AirPlay 2, which is a start, um, them being the center of a smart home platform on your TV, it's, they don't, they, they're not there yet. And so I really started, felt like more at more than any time, and it always has been this way over the past eh, three years or so, the smart home is still clearly Amazon Echo and Google Assistant. And this year, if you were expecting Apple to kind of make some strides to close that gap, they didn't at all. The gap just wasn't closed. And the smart home ecosystems are getting better and better. Like I went to um, Samsung smart home and the thing about it is here in the US, Samsung, right? Most people think of them for our tech products and devices. But, you know, I've been to Samsung in Korea. I have friends that live in Korea. And you have to understand that Samsung is part, is like the fabric of the culture in Korea. It, they're not buying just phones and tablets. Samsung's like your dishwasher, your laundry machine, your your steamer for your clothes. They, I even talked to some Samsung execs and you know, Sam, because I've always been fascinated by how their culture is kind of tied to Samsung, the company, 25%, Samsung makes up 25% of the economy in Korea, 25%. So when you see some of this integration that they're doing, you're like, well, I'm not going to buy all Samsung products. They had a cool demo where they had this new refrigerator that can see inside of your refrigerator and identify products like apples and bananas and eggs and things like that. It could suggest recipes, but then it was crazy if you, based on what you have, but if you then chose a recipe, it would talk to your smart oven, Samsung, of course, and preheat that oven while you're preparing all the ingredients, knowing that that's the recipe you want to make. Then they had like their TV that would tell you when the, you know, the cooking is done in the, in the oven and also be able to look and access your entire security camera system directly on your TV. It was like this really sweet flow. And again, I don't own all Samsung products, but when you talk about a smart home ecosystem, 
That's something that Apple doesn't have. And I was honestly like, wow, not only are they way ahead, I'm jealous, but part of it is because their ecosystem exists in Korea. So that's going to make sense to that, that country where here in the US, we're like, we're still kind of fragmented putting the pieces together, but Google, Amazon, Samsung, I mean, they're, they're so much further ahead in the smart home space. And I think that CES 2019 really, really confirmed that the gap is not going to be closed anytime soon. All right, let's take a breather to thank our sponsors of the show. And guess what? That would be you. Thank you so much for everyone that is supporting me at patreon.com starting at $2 per month. Also, you can give, I'm worth a cup of coffee for you. We do this show weekly. Sometimes I throw in bonus shows. My Patreon specifically offers you bonus rewards like a decal, signed photos, early access to content, and I'll be doing a little more exclusive content on there as well. So if you have a chance and you'd like to support the show, patreon.com slash Brian Tong. It also the biggest part of that to support it, completely ad-free versions of this podcast. So you won't hear any ads whatsoever. It's kind of a cool deal. So patreon.com slash Brian Tong. Thank you so much for continuing to support this. Allow me to do this. Uh, I'm so grateful and thankful. And I love I loved doing this. And you guys were able to help contribute to get me to CES. I mean, that's kind of crazy, right? Like, I'm so grateful for that. All right. Let's keep rolling on the show. And again, we won't take phone calls this week just because we've been away for the holidays. People haven't been calling. But I do want to hear what your thoughts are and some of the things that we've talked about and kind of what you're looking forward to in 2019. The number 833-888-ABXL, 833-888-2295. Now we talked about the two big stories that happened before CES, but also leaks, right? There's, you always know there's leaks of something going on. Um, I thought this one was crazy when I saw it, but hey, it has some credibility we finally saw right before um, CES landed. I Obviously, when you're ready to go and all your equipment's packed up, you can't do stuff on it. But a leak rendered from the man, Steve Hammerstoffer of OnLeaks, showed off new renderings of an iPhone, a two, what is believed to be the 2019 iPhone with their triple lens rear camera design. So like, you know how currently with the two lens, it's, it's like a vertical, um, you know, it's kind of like a oblong, what, I don't even know what the shape is. The rounded column oblong rectangle with the curved edges. Okay, fine. That's like a squished squ- squish circle. Well, according to these renders, and you should check them out if you haven't already. Um, yeah, it's like a big fat square with three camera lenses and a flash and a mic that takes up about like 50% of the width and it's just kind of up in the top right left-hand corner of the back of your phone. It looks fugly. I mean, it looks bad, but Steve Hammerstoffer said, look, it's still early. Like he acknowledges it is, he quotes, freaking, a freakingly early leak and the plans may change before the phone design is finalized. But if you've looked at his track record, it's been on the money. Like I'm talking about like a 90% plus like credible early leaks because he bases them off of the CAD designs and drawings that are from the factory level. This is not someone saying, oh, they're going to do a triple camera. This is what it might look like. He's basing it based on pretty intimate information that has more often than not, much more often than not panned out. So if you have a chance, look at those renderings. It looks disgusting. 
But I think it also is already like kind of desensitizing people of what may come, which also then connects to this new report from the Wall Street Journal in case this was a surprise to any of you that in 2019, Apple is planning to release three new iPhones later this year. Now, it will include a successor to the iPhone XR, still keeping its LCD display alongside two other handsets, right? What is What will take place of the XS and XS Max will be, our, I, I guess, an iPhone 11 and 11 Max. So the big thing, though, is that the triple camera system is will be in the high-end 2019 iPhones to compete with, right? We're starting to see this from Android handsets that have multiple cameras. So that picture's there. The Wall Street Journal report is there. Apple's also reportedly considering going completely OLED for its 2020 iPhone models. Uh, the reason why these rumors are emerging because Sony is uh, supplies the camera components for Apple is that, Sony, in their reports, like Sony is boosting its 3D camera output for chips that have a rear-facing 3D camera for smartphones in 2019. So logically, your brain is like, okay, if they incorporate this new 3D camera, which would contribute to augmented reality and AR kit and other things that they're hoping to do, then that would be the third camera. And there you go. Triple lens camera for an iPhone in 2019 and then i'm just like okay well they better wow us with software because what happened this past year like slightly better camera and a much faster processor that we still haven't seen its full potential untapped so again uh people aren't talking about enough but no i just don't know why many of the other tech reviewers are just being honest and saying come on the 10s was not worth really truly worthy of an upgrade from a 10 it's just this is the truth and the sales have shown that and Apple won't reveal those numbers, and Apple came out right before um, CES talking about how our earnings are down, and you know projections are down, and their stock took a hit, and they you know talked about China's economy being a part of that. Where also the fact is that there's they didn't come out with a compelling enough device to get everyone who normally would upgrade to upgrade. That's what it comes down to. So, anyways, that's some of the iPhone leaks and rumors. There was also a recent leak of an un finished slash potentially unreleased iPad mini designed with a cellular antenna and no camera flash. There have been rumors that an iPad mini five will be coming sometime this year just because there's a prototype case that leaked out that was unlike any other design that we've seen with the iPad mini. It had a vertical camera similar to um, the iPhone 10 and 10s. So that that's also out there. You get a leak of an iPad mini case, purported leak of a purported iPad mini case. You get another leak of a potential unreleased version that may or may not be the iPad mini five. I think it's just an old iPad mini four, quite honestly, but it's out there. So those are some of the leaks that have just been floating out there right now, you know, just to let you all know. But I think the other story that kind of goes under the radar and Tim Cook sometimes really likes to get into it. And I think, quite honestly, Apple's in scramble mode. This is the first time they're feeling not just vulnerable, but really vulnerable because public perception is starting to kind of turn on them. If you hear the conversations at CES, look, Apple is going nowhere, but are we going to start seeing a new kind of Apple that can no longer 
act like they're invincible because everyone knows they're actually not invincible and they're having trouble selling phones and other products now. It's going to, I think really 2019 is going to be one of the most interesting years to see how Apple evolves. We're already seeing them open up from the TV side. How will their services do? What compelling hardware will come out in 2019 that will make, they've got to make people care again about the iPhone. At least, okay, people do care about it, but care more because I'm sorry, what I'm seeing from Samsung and what I'm hearing from Samsung, and they're going to announce their new phone on the on February the 20th. And we we see this theme of the punch hole design, which looks so much better than the notch, just from a aesthetic view. Samsung could be the phone of the year, just based on everything that's going around right now. I uh, I talked to some execs there, and they're all they're they're like literally like nodding, happy, smiling, like they're like, oh, just wait, just wait. And I'm not talking about. I'm literally talking about like high level execs that I ran into at a freaking sh- a taxi line. And then we just started talking for like half an hour because that's what happens at CES. So we're going to see what happens with Apple. But Tim Cook was interviewed by Mad Money's Jim Cramer just like right when CES started. And one of the things that kind of came out about it, obviously, he talked about what's going on with Apple's product pipeline. Tim Cook says it's never been better which he always says, even though we know that, okay, product pipe pipeline is more what's coming. So we'll see how that shakes out. Again, Apple Watch Series 4, best product of Apple for 2018, hands down. But to get back on track with this, Tim Cook, in his interview, he said that health is a major focus for Apple. He has been telling this probably at least the past two, two and a half years, and they've delivered to show that they care about this, putting the ECG on the Apple Watch. but. He says in the interview that health may actually end up being, and I quote, Apple's greatest contribution to mankind. It's really awesome. You heard it. Health. And I believe he believes this. I don't think that that's not accurate yet. I mean, we will see and find out. I think the Apple Watch is the perfect device and kind of gateway if they have different sensors. Everyone's been asking for a blood sugar sensor through the skin, and we know that they're working on that. And maybe this does pan out, but Apple's greatest contribution to mankind will be uh, health. He says, we are taking what has been with the institution and empowering the individual to manage their health. And we're just at the front end of this. But I do think looking back in the future, you will answer that question. Apple's most important contribution to mankind has been in health. Not the sexiest thing as gadget and tech lovers, one of the most important things, but I mean, right, when I talk about Apple evolving and when you hear this, um, it's, it seems, I mean, you're starting to just see things shift and the priorities change and I guess that's okay. It's just like maybe kind of the geek and the selfish tech technophile that I am. It's like, I just want the baddest iPhone. I want the baddest iPad. I want the dopest tech you can give me. And now I feel like it's 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 been shifting for so long, you know, instead of making the best product possible, it's we're making the best product at different price points. We've talked about this major change in philosophy. And now it's like our greatest contribution to mankind will be health. Is it selfish of me to just say just make me the best damn mind-blowing tech that I could possibly imagine? and be awesome how you were awesome before. Is that too much to ask? 
it actually might be. And I only talk like this because I care. And I know that you guys and gals care too. That's we're in most of us are in the same boat here on that. So there you go. All right. We're gonna just kind of wrap things up for this week. Momentum will kind of start building up again. Apple typically tends to be quiet within the first few months of the year, but there'll be plenty more to talk about. Remember, call into the show 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. Or you can send an email to applebitsshow with a Z at gmail.com. And before we go, we've got to thank you and show love to our Patreon Platinum Apples. That's the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Terrence McKelvey from Stratos Wealth Partners, Gil Cabrera, Andy Halverson, Wesley Frater, and Jarrett Lewis. Thank you so much for contributing and thank you for making this happen. And thank you to all of you. You can five-star review the show, tell your friends, get on board. And uh, that's all we've got for today. So take care, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. 